Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope. I'm Chris Sasser, along with my friend Troy Peverall. I want to say uh, Merry Christmas week to everyone um, because we're headed into uh, the most wonderful week of the year. Right, Troy? Absolutely. Let's sing a song. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants, at least me, <laughs> they to They don't do want that. to hear us sing. Not me, that's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, well, here's what I want to do. I want to start off today in just reading um, a piece of scripture that a lot of us have heard for a long time and uh, kind of really helps us remember um, what it is that we're focusing on here this week, at least what we should be focusing on. It's Isaiah chapter uh, 9, starting in verse 6, and it says this, uh, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, uh, Prince of Peace. And I think we're going to spend some time talking about all of those today, Troy. So as you kind of think through that verse that we all hear so often here in this season, what um, mm. what jumps out at you? Yeah, <clears throat> more than ever, the first part of Justin, the government will rest on his shoulders, uh, primarily because of so much of what we have gone through over the last um, month and continue to go through of just are we ever going to not go yeah, through all of this? <laughs> the government and what you know what is and isn't happening has brought out so much uh, chaos and anxiety. Um, I, it's never stood out to me more this verse, and I was just thinking, you know, what is government? And and without looking at Webster's dictionary, you know, it's power. It's power to control. It's um, and so that every you know who's not interested in that yeah you know because who wants to be controlled you know and nobody yet I, I know but I'm looking at this and going this is so good and we'll break this down a little bit as we go but um, it makes total sense that the government rests on this on this the Savior Jesus his shoulders mm. but the government that's being talked about here is not just the earthly uh, powers. Um, and we'll see a little bit of what that is. Yeah, so obviously we've been in a lot of turmoil over the last, oh, I don't know, number of years when it comes to conversations about government and whatnot. Um, This may not be an answerable question, but what is going to get us out of that? Especially as believers, what's going to get us out of kind of that nonstop debate about government mm-hmm. and, and for us to be able to rest on this mm. verse right here and, and just really, no mm. matter what side you're on, uh, yeah. to be able to rest on the government, rest on his shoulders. Well, I think even this time of Christmas, you know, the Christmas is a season of giving. And this verse, you know, is about giving. It's, the, it's what was given to us. And it starts off with the government resting on his shoulders. And I think I think it, it is it's saying to us that God wants to give to us a place where we are uh, in a relationship and controlled under Him and with Him and in His power. Mm. Um, and so, if my mind is trusting a bigger or another source, because there isn't any bigger source than God, um, but we were talking about just our earthly governments, the power structures that we set up. Um, if my trust is there, I'm going to feel either out of control 
when someone is or isn't in the office or in control because they are. And that's such a false thinking for everyone, but especially for the believer, because uh, the believer has been given instruction on, okay, no, 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 over here is your thinking. And your thinking is to let your trust be in the government of Jesus, the power that he has upon my life. One of the things I know that we've been talking about at our church for a while is how um, we live in a different kingdom, right? Mm. But but so often we, we kind of view our thoughts, we view our emotions, we view our politics through the lens of the kingdom of this world, but how we have to sort of change and recognize that we are under the rule and reign of Jesus, like you were saying. Kingdom-minded. Yeah, it's kingdom-minded instead Mm -hmm. of nation-minded or worldly-minded. And um, it's just sometimes so hard to step into that kingdom mindset in the midst of a politically charged culture. As never before, at least for for, Yeah, yeah, not in my my lifetime. Yeah, and you're yeah. a lot older than me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just Hopefully kidding. not too much. No, not too much. Just kidding. <laughs> That's good. Okay, so um, what else from this particular verse? And again, this is what we're going to kind of talk about today because there's so much rich stuff in that verse. But what else about this verse jumps out at you? I think this is, to me, this is the, the government structure that we're getting ready to read here um, for us, for, e- for each of us. And that is, first of all, um, Jesus' name. Uh, was he was described as being a wonderful counselor. If I need anything in my life, I'm going to start right there, and that is I need the works of a wonderful counselor. I need counseling. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe we should I all need just say counsel- that, right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, why, there are so many things. We could just fill in the blank of why do I need counseling. I need comfort, which a counselor, you know, a wonderful counselor is going to give. I need to be uh, challenged, which a wonderful counselor is going to give. I need um, to hear from him um, for the affirmation that that represents um, as a person under his counsel. Uh, I need to be encouraged, and the list just goes on. And so I need that wonderful counselor in my life. What have been some things that you've experienced in your life through receiving a lot of that stuff that you just mentioned? Hmm. You know, honestly, one of the things that I that comes to my mind first is just it was about I don't know how many few just a few years ago where don't even remember what it was because I was more intrigued and blessed by um, what the scriptures would call a rebuke of the Lord. Mm. Um, God rebuked me, and that would be the word I use. And I honestly, I will tell you this: it was so profound, um, and never have I felt more loved than when he did that. I felt love from the Heavenly mm-hmm. Father, and it was so comforting that I I began to pray, God, do it again, <laughs> do it again, because I have never felt so loved as in when he did this, and it was a, a rebuke and a, a, a message of discipline to me. Which is not what most people think they want out of their counsel. Oh, but it's coming from another <laughs> trait of God, which we'll see in this here. In yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. Okay, so um, anything else about kind of the kind of the wonderful counselor and, and that idea? Uh, he's he's just he's the go-to. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, um, the next kind of thing that it says in that verse is that he is a mighty God. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you the same. Just yeah, in the, and just how do you see God as being mighty? Um, the, the thoughts that come to my mind is just his ability is without effort. Um, mm. He is of just such brute power and strength 
beyond what anyone can even imagine. And you see this written all through the descriptions of who God is in the Old Testament and New, uh, in the Psalms. And my wife loves to look out over the ocean, and she says, you know, this was here from the beginning of time, Mm -hmm. the ancient of days. And I'm like, oh, man, I I can't fathom. Unbelievable. Yeah. 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 I think for me, um, I can remember the the only time that I ever went to the Grand Canyon, mm. and I was by myself. Mm. I think I was visiting. It was kind of college age. I was visiting a friend out west, and I just kind of made a, a trip to the Grand Canyon for the day. And I just remember sitting on the rim mm. of the Grand Canyon. Oh wow! I'm um, thinking, oh, oh, this is like a lot bigger than I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen pictures, right. you know, for a long time, and. Yeah. Uh, but but just the the mighty the majestic yeah. creation mm. that that we all get to live in has That's been something good. that just nonstop reminds me mm. even more so than the ocean. I mean the ocean is you mm. know unbelievable and we get to mm. live here and experience that all the time. But um, just kind of watching and, and seeing his creation. Uh, my wife and I were outside uh, just last night and it was a clear night and the moon and the stars and just thinking oh my gosh. Mm. Like he created this. That's That's unbelievable. Yeah, so good. He's he's unbelievable. Yep, I would agree. Hey, so Chris, I just in speaking of you know God being a mighty God, this question just I just want to ask you, um, and that is just you know how has how have you seen God show up as mighty in your life? I think for me, it has been um, just through lots of different situations where. I knew that I needed uh, something else to get me through it. Mm. Like I just, I didn't have the strength to be able to, you know, say what I need to say, do what I needed to do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, whatever the situation is. Um, I just knew that, that my strength was insufficient mm-hmm. and, you know, think through his, his strength is sufficient and, and his strength is when, you know, when I'm weak is when he is strong. Right, and so for me, I feel like there have been you know times throughout life where I've just needed that strength, yeah. And I have just felt like, oh, okay, He is a mighty God; He mm-hmm. can provide that strength when I need mm-hmm. it, and I just need to be kind of open and available to that because I can fall prey to trying to do things on my own strength very quickly. <laughs> oh yeah, don't we all? Yeah, very quickly. And so I think for me, that's kind of been um, when I've seen Him show up as a mighty God. The the other way I think is just in relationships. Yeah. And, um, you know, continuing to hope and pray that he's in the middle of relationships hmm. and that he can redeem relationships when, you know, they're broken or they're off kilter mm. a little bit. That's good. Um, and, and see him working in different situations with that. So, yeah. I, sometimes I wish I weren't human. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> because when, I'm, when you're talking about relationships and just um, the times of which we've we have prayed or, or need God to intervene in relationships because they relationships can feel so bad and funky that it's like, God, please intervene mm-hmm. here. And, um, you know, so my desire is that, and I'm thinking about, you know, the human, human part of me just doesn't even go sometimes to ask God to do this, to, 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 to literally pray and ask God, please intervene here. And I know that, uh, there are many that have stayed there in that posture mm-hmm. and have waited and waited and perhaps still are waiting. Um, but I think we're instructed, don't stop. Yeah. yeah. That reminds me of a phrase that I, I may have mentioned here in one of our previous episodes that I heard and then I adapted and I might adapt again right now. 
Um, but I first heard it in kind of the ministry context. Uh-huh. And um, it says, ministry without prayer is mm. the highest form of arrogance. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, you know, for those of us who are in ministry, that's a wow, because how yeah. often do we step into ministry moments yeah. and not really give it to God again because we work on our own strength? Yeah. Um, as I've kind of, you know, jumped into to, to thinking more about being a better parent and helping other parents do that, I've kind of adapted it. You know, ministry or parenting without prayer yeah. is probably the highest form of arrogance to think that I can do you know, lead these yeah. you know, little guys that grow into big guys without yeah. praying and offering that to God. That's pretty arrogant. That's good. That's but so then good. again, like the third ad- adaptation here, I mean, just life without prayer. Yeah. To think that I can live in the world and navigate it in such a way hmm. without God mm-hmm. does feel pretty arrogant. Right. Yeah. And so um, anyway, you're, that's what, really what you good. said made me, made me think that. That's good. I, you know, I was thinking also on this whole idea of just God being mighty. There are, you know, many times obviously we're asking, Lord, show up, show up, show up, show up, and, and we're waiting and we don't see it. And he does at some point. And perhaps he doesn't even in the times that we're, or hoping that he would. Um, but there have been some times where God has shown up and I haven't really asked him. And one of those times, honestly, for me, it was crazy. Um, I had a back injury back in 16 and uh, was just in immense pain from a vertebrae that, or a disc that was, you know, herniated for two or three months and was just trying to get through on uh, the medicine being provided and waiting for mm-hmm. surgery and one doctor after the other. And um, I got to, I had gotten to a point where I could not survive the pain unless I had taken the medicine uh, and take taken it in a timely way. And I was going into surgery and I was told, don't take any medicine. And I was a little concerned about that because of the immense pain. And I was sitting there for hours in the waiting uh, area, laying down on a, uh, a cot and um, had not had any medicine and had no pain hmm. for two or three hours in waiting. And I was sitting there thinking, wow. And I, to me, I just think this was God. Yeah, it's a mighty God, a mighty showing, God up, right? showing up because he knew that the pain would have been unbearable. Hmm. And I was so, so impressed. Interesting enough, this is a kind of a funny moment as well. Uh, I have allergies. And so it's pretty common for me to sneeze uh, it might be too much information on air, <laughs> but this is uncommon. It's not uncommon for me to sneeze uh, every day. And for three months, I never did Wow! during that time. And that did not occur to me until I, after the surgery. That's amazing. And I'm like, that is a mighty God. Absolutely. <laughs> so, he knew what you needed. Right. He knew what you needed. Yeah. Mm. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk uh, about some more ways that, um, God is just really a giver in this season of giving. And so you're listening to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. Hi, this is Kim Peverall with Agape Counseling Associates, and thanks for listening to A Voice of Hope. Our world has changed rapidly this year. With it, our lives are being hijacked by never-ending news feeds, social media alerts, and heightened uncertainty. We're searching for peaceful reprieve. God's Word says that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Finding peace will open our hearts to feel alive with purpose, to grow and to thrive. What are your longings, and where do you place your hope? Agape Counseling Associates is a Christian clinical practice of licensed counselors whose lives are rooted in Jesus Christ. 
We have offices in Wilmington, Jacksonville, and Moorhead City. Through their clinical work, our team shares in the journey of a person's struggle, helping them towards health and restoration. We believe that your life has meaning and choosing help from a counselor is a courageous first step. You know, we're all challenged and we all have stories. The team at Agape is honored to be entrusted with the care of those who are searching for help. You don't have to have faith to come through our doors. In fact, we're honored that you would come just as you are. We're trained and ready to help you find your way back to peace. Welcome back to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall and Chris Sasser. And we are having a conversation just about the season of giving here at Christmas. And uh, really Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, which I will read for us again, because that's really where we're jumping off of for all this. And it says this. A lot of you have heard it before. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And so we've already talked a little bit about uh, the government resting on his shoulders. We've talked about him as a Wonderful Counselor, him as a Mighty God. And so, Troy, um, let's talk about kind of the last two, Eternal Father and Prince of Peace. What, what, is, uh, what does Eternal Father kind of mean to you when you think about this baby that was born at Christmas. Wow. So part of the government that rests on his shoulders, uh, that lives in the believer, uh, in essence, meaning the government that is in me, um, you know, is starts with, yes, up being a wonderful counselor to me, uh, being a mighty God. And the next one is just an eternal father. And depending upon what we know or, you know, in the sense of our stories with um, our er- earthly father, uh, or the lack thereof becomes kind of the first impression of what is you know what is a father, and this is a hard connection for a lot of people to make uh, when it comes to God, um, because their understanding of a father first comes from the earthly one that they were given, or the one they perhaps didn't were not given or don't know, and so God as Father is. I think is something to begin to behold, even for those that had good earthly fathers, because um, eternal father is something bigger than the earthly father we were given. And I have two uh, sons and two daughters, and I can tell you first and foremost that um, there are so many things about me as an earthly father that just fell short and um, continues to fall short. But... I look at God and I go, you know, um, he never falls short. And I know this is the right thing to say, but it really is the right thing. So my, my, my mind has to turn towards, okay, God, I know this to be true, but I want to know this to be true. I want to know you as an eternal father and what this means to, 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 to know you as dad, mm-hmm. Abba, father. Um, and so I look and I go, well, I know he's a provider and I look back through my life and go, man, I didn't do this. He has provided, he has taught, he has given care, um, and so much more in front of me to learn of who God is as an eternal father. So, um, can you point to a moment where that light bulb went off for you, where you realized God was your eternal father? You know, I, I don't know if it was one um, 
incident, but I, I look back and I believe that it started with uh, just my own reflection upon uh, being a son to an earthly father um, and then l- learning to be a son to a heavenly father, which is going to have to mean that I adjust my thinking about who is an eternal father. Because mm-hmm. in what you're going to talk here in a minute about our identity. Uh, and so for me, it was, you know, early in my, about my mid-20s. Um, but I do credit also uh, one of my favorite authors, um, John Eldridge, who he does a lot of work on um, helping us understand God as a earthly father or eternal father, not an earthly father, but an eternal father. And I look and I go, this, this teaching over and over of that God is good and loves as a dad uh, and changing, you know, God from the picture of someone that's unreachable to, you know, he's a real present dad, hmm. you know, and that's something new to know. I think it's really interesting the way that you said learning how to be the son of a heavenly father. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, I'm going to have to ponder on that right. for a while. Like, what does it look like to be a son yeah. of a heavenly father? That's a really kind of good thing to think about. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, part of, you know, thinking about this is, is really just... Um, learning how to rest in that identity, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know that that identity is something that so many of us just struggle with in different ways and different seasons yeah. of life. And especially, you know, when we're younger and trying to figure out different, <laughs> what is our identity and who are we? Yeah. Um, but just to sort of be able to rest in that identity in Christ yeah. and that identity as that kind of the son right. of an earth of a heavenly father. Right. Um, I think it kind of goes back to what we what we talked about on our last episode. What we may finish with a little bit today is just mm-hmm. there's a peace around that, yeah, a peace around being able to rest in that identity, yeah. Because then I'm not striving for a different identity right. or a false identity or, or kind of anything else mm-hmm. that 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 I might think would fulfill me and yeah. give me that eternal life and that abundant life, but it really doesn't. Yeah, right. That that kind of that identity and and the peace that comes from that. That's I think good. it's so important and you know, recognizing that I have an, a heavenly father, yeah. an eternal father is what helps me do that. I know it's so good because the, uh, you know, to, to have my identity um, wrapped up in the relational context of, or coming from the relational context of, of a father and I'm a son, um, you know, it, it puts it into a real challenging place. And once again, I think for, for me, as well as for a lot of people, of knowing him in that way. Um, and I, this passage again has never stood out to me more that the government that Jesus reigns is, is, is talking about these ways in which God is in us as the wonderful counselor, as the mighty God. And as he, now we're talking about eternal father. Yeah. So for me to feel the, God's power in his control governing in my life, there's this context of I need to know him as an eternal father. Yeah. Like I can't get by that. Yeah. And I like kind of the way that you're saying that it, it's not just a heavenly father yeah. who kind of lives up in the heavens. It is an eternal father mm-hmm. who is going to be kind of my father, my identity, who I can rest on yeah. forever. Yeah, that's good. Which is pretty amazing. It is. Okay. We just have a couple minutes left. And so there's one more kind of part of that verse where, it talks about um, the the child being born as the Prince of Peace, 
and we did talk a lot about this on our last episode. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that if you didn't. But Troy, how do you want to kind of end today and just talking about um, Jesus as the Prince of Peace? Yeah, you know, I look at this uh, interesting verse, this passage again, and I love the verse. You know, it ends with uh, the final dimension that's given about, you know, Jesus being the Prince of Peace. And in, in, in verse 7, it says, and there's no end to the increase of his government. And to me, that says that it's supposed to grow. It's supposed to, to have forward movement and never stop, that there's never a decrease. There's always an increase of this government that's taking place or in me. Uh, which is, you know, ultimately on Jesus's shoulders. This last one, the Prince of Peace. I'm going, man. If if the flow of life, especially in our time right now, is more filled with angst, and we're going to see things in the future that are so killing to the soul, depending upon many variables, of which we've talked about in several episodes. Um, who do I listen to? Who do I watch? Um, and all of these factors that, that make up the restlessness or bring out the restlessness of my soul. It cannot bear up under all that we see. I need a peace that passes any kind of human understanding. I am in a deficit for it. And I look at it and I go, this is who Jesus is. This is the one. He's the one that gives this. Yeah, there's a peace that's available to all of us all the time. And obviously, it's what we get to celebrate together at Christmas. So, mm, Amen. Well, thanks, Troy. Thanks to everyone for listening. We do hope and pray that you have a great uh, Christmas with your family. If you want to hear uh, more of A Voice of Hope, some of our past episodes, you can go to agape-counseling.org or you can go to equipandencourage.com. Uh, those episodes live in both of those places. But we're thankful for you. Again, uh, we hope you and your family have a very Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you soon on A Voice of Hope.